0: Thanks for listening to a podcast from WSUM. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Award seasons are back, and so is Pop Culture Coffee Break. Welcome back to Pop Culture Coffee Break, WSUM's in-house talk podcast about pop culture. I'm Ray Kirsch, your host, and I'm here with...
1: Hi, I'm Ani.
0: And I'm Kelsey. Yes, we have a great array of people to talk about the awards today. So today we're talking about the SAG-AFTRA Awards, um, which is the Screen Actors Guild Awards. So I'm gonna give just a little background and then we're gonna go into more details about how it went and the winners. Um, So the Screen Actors Guild Awards, founded in 1995, it's 13 awards that are about television and film, um, such as Best Supporting Actor. Um, So it's voted by SAG-AFTRA's membership, which is about 160,000 members, um, since it's an actors' union. This year, the 29th awards took place on Saturday, February 24th, 2024, and it was live on Netflix, which was an interesting decision. Um, So I'm actually going to ask Kelsey right away what your thoughts on this are, because I know there have been many changing opinions about Netflix and also about the unions and the strikes that happened this past year. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think it was a surprising move to have it on Netflix in light of the huge uh, strike that went on in 2023. But it sounds to me like Netflix had signed on um, to broadcast it prior to those strikes happening. So I think, I think the deal was already done and I think it's a multi-year deal. So we'll see probably more of this in the future. Um, but yeah, I mean, it certainly was, was interesting. It was kind of awkward. I mean, they did Idris Elba, who was the quasi host of the awards, um, did reference it and, you know, give kudos to the members of SAG-AFTRA. And, of course, they cut to Fran Drescher, who's the president of SAG-AFTRA. So, um I think it was an empowering moment for the people who were there, but as a viewer, it was a little awkward and weird. (laughs) Um, But I think from a production standpoint, it was really interesting and cool to have it on a streaming platform instead of being bound by the constraints of advertisers and a specific two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour format that you would need to be on a network station.
0: I remember with the Grammys, when I tried to watch them, it was so hard to find a place to watch them because they were only on cable and then... Paramount Plus is, like, specific streaming subscription or something like that that included ads, that included all of that. So it was, like, yeah, interesting to think about in comparison.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts on the Netflix Uh, aspect?
1: I just thought it was a bit weird, honestly, because uh, I actually didn't know they were being broadcast on Netflix because I didn't catch it uh, on time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... I don't know. I feel a bit mixed on it because, like, on one hand, I do feel like award shows need to have, like, this sort of freedom because uh, I I really want to see something that's, uh, like, an award show that just isn't bound by, like, having to appeal to an advertiser or having to appeal, and maybe it's just a celebration of the winners and a celebration of the incredible accomplishments of people. Um, but on the other hand, like, this came after, like, a really rough period of long strikes that i witnessed in person when i went to la and also when a lot of those points of those strikes were based on streaming and how hard and harsh some of the things and restrictions of streaming are on to actors yeah it was a weird choice it just was
0: yeah i remember like i don't have netflix anymore because of how much they keep raising the family prices mm-hmm. for it. Oh, yeah. And my roommate had just got to Netflix for the student one with ads. The new Netflix um, subscription options have it where you can get it, but with ads, which is really interesting. Um, so I think just streaming service in general, I'm really interested to see where they'll go in the future with ads and with how they run their things and prices and everything, especially as a student. Interesting stuff,
2: yeah i mean I'll, <laughs> I'll bring the millennial perspective to the table here. <laughs> streaming services are just like reinventing cable packages and are, touting yeah. it as some as like new fangled technology, and it's like well <laughs> it's it's been done before, you know, and uh streaming services or platforms like Netflix or Prime certainly have a monopoly over um some of the smaller ones or the less expensive ones um mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't, it is, it is interesting, but I feel like we are backtracking um, instead of moving forward.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: And there's also, like, because I'm someone who gets my Netflix subscription paid for by my my dad. Uh, But also, that is different because Indian subscriptions are different. Like, we don't have a lot of the features of, like, we don't have ads on our Netflix yet. Hmm. So... I'm still under that Indian subscription where everything is fine. So I'm fine. That is,
0: yeah. One of my best friends lives in Canada and their Netflix, we always use their Netflix um, over Discord to Mm -hmm. watch like movies because their selection is just completely different than ours. So that's really interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, But moving more into that live on Netflix but no ads, I'm really interested because I feel like it made, and Kelsey and I were talking about this a little bit beforehand, how it made awkward pauses almost for the celebrities then because usually it would be filled with ads and you like kind of able to reset where you're standing you know reset like get ready for the cameras to be on you but it was just like a constant stream so Mm. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this
2: yeah I mean from from an actor's perspective or like a guest perspective of somebody in the room I'd be curious to to hear you know more interviews with celebrities who were there about how they felt about it but I as somebody who you know has been in radio production and and live show production for a decade like that is where I get very nerdy about well, how are they making this show and like what's going on behind the scenes and I feel like. The appeal to me of this year's awards were that it kind of brought you behind the scenes because there were no commercials that they were cutting away to. And so you got to go backstage. And I think Tan France from Queer Eye did a fantastic job of hosting. Um, he did the the part of the pre, um, pre-show red carpet, too. And usually those interviews are abysmal. Like, I don't know where they find those interviewers, but yeah. they are not very good at... Um, asking engaging questions and he really was and he kept that up through the whole show and being able to grab the winners right as they're coming off stage and get them in for an interview right away was just wild i, I felt like um there was much more investment in the emotion that goes into winning these awards that usually gets kind of cut out of the broadcast
1: i think that's also because like this is seen as like the actors award uh, i don't remember who, but someone was talking about specifically that they feel way more honored in winning the Screen Actors Guild Award because it's something that's voted on by their peers and mm. something that's voted on, you know, from the experience of their peers.
0: Yeah. Also, I feel like with the fact that there's time limits on the award ceremony as to, like, how long your acceptance speech can be or, like, how long you can stand up on stage with your award, the, like, post-interview Idea is so genius to let them reveal like just for that award winners honestly mm-hmm. to like be able to say how they're feeling to like express their emotions that's like such it's a genius idea I feel,
2: and ninety percent of them are running on pure adrenaline, and the other ten percent is just running on pure alcohol yeah. so <laughs> there's no there's no like miss there it's entertaining in any any uh scenario,
0: yeah. I think that brings up the great example of Pedro Pascal's acceptance speech. Yeah. Um, Pedro, who won for The Last of Us, literally walked up on stage and was like, wow, I'm so drunk. <laughs> like, that's all he said. And then it was a very short speech. And then he went backstage, I believe, and had a really... How did you describe it?
2: Um, he went backstage and had a very like flirtatious interview Mm -hmm. (laughs) with Tan, Um, but not before leaving the stage saying, I'm going to go have a panic attack and leave, (laughs) which I thought was an iconic uh, line from the night that I think will be memed for years to come. (laughs) I
0: feel like he had that such relatable aspect with his his speech being like, I'm scared. It also was so
2: early in the night, though. I was just like, how how are you this drunk this early in the night but many considerations many considerations (laughs) yeah yeah
1: it's probably something in him that was just like i need to finish like all the bottles of champagne they have on my table just like as fast as possible
0: (laughs) he's like this is how i will work through it (laughs)
2: well and he had said too that he fully expected that kieran culkin was going to win which i think was many people's prediction that succession was going to kind of sweep uh sweep most of the awards and in this show that ended up not being the case.
0: Should we move on to the award winners or do you have more to say about the production aspects?
1: I just want to say I really like Gillian Murphy's speech. Yeah. Uh it, because I think he he very explicitly said the Oscars won't allow me to do the speech so I'm going to do it here. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. Yeah, that that was very cool. I think the only other production thing um that I thought Well, I thought the whole show was done really well and was pretty impressive. But I like how they started with the, like, walk and talks Mm -hmm. with um, a number of actors sharing memories for, like, from their kind of uh, formative years. Um, I don't know that I have watched the SAG Awards before, so I don't really remember that trope. But I like that they kind of explained that at the beginning. And then, um, who was it? It was Michael Sarah and Hannah Waddingham and... Idris Elba right I think so yeah Um, I might be missing somebody but I thought that was a smart way to start the show and just um, it was a theme that kept coming up in people's acceptance speeches too of like I am a lifelong actor and I'm devoted to this craft and I feel as excited about it now as I did when I was cast in my first high school play and I think that theme um, was really lovely and just again invested in the emotion that goes into all of this
0: yeah I feel like that theme especially was what I thought was missing from the Grammys almost mm. like just that emotional connection to your craft um that the SAG Awards did have yeah so let's move into a conversation about the winners a really quick one and then we'll talk about how what does this mean for the upcoming Oscars Awards because um, I think it's interesting how the structure is different um so I guess generally speaking did any of the winners really surprise you
1: uh, I think Pedro Pascal was the only one that was even a slightly surprised, even though I did predict it. Uh, I think it was just like a tenure thing with me. It's just that Pedro Pascal has been in the game longer, so they're going to give the award to him more. Uh, but other than that, I just don't disagree with any of them. I like all of them.
0: Yeah, I could not find any disagreements to them. I thought it was really interesting, as I was reading like follow-up articles about the words. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, so Oppenheimer and the Bear Swept." Mm-hmm. That's all they would say. I thought it was interesting, though. Um, we've had this discourse for almost a year now about like Oppenheimer versus Barbie, you know that whole thing. Ani, do you have any specific thoughts on Oppenheimer versus Barbie? Because I know Oppenheimer had a couple wins that night.
1: I mean, I'm obviously gonna have a different perspective on Barbie, because well, I can't relate to it to some level. Yeah. Uh, but it's just I watched both on the same day, and Oppenheimer connected to me way more, uh, and. I think it's a pretty predict. I think it's a pretty predictable sweep. I think it is the front runner of a Best Picture. However, I have this sneaking suspicion that Barbie's going to win Best Picture mm. purely because of the backlash because that's what they did to Argo. The reason Argo won in 2012 is because there was so much backlash because they didn't nominate any of the actors and then it won and then everyone was like, why did Argo win?
0: <laughs> yeah, so you think that at the Oscars it's going to be a completely different route? Um, I
1: think the... Oh, actor awards are going to remain the same yeah. but i definitely think that best picture that now this best picture when it's in the air
0: no i i have to agree with you because i thought that i loved oppenheimer a lot more than barbie and maybe it's just because like i nerd i'm a com art student i nerd out over like production themes and i was like wow the sound the cinematography <laughs> it's so cool and so i was just sitting there like having a whole revolution during the film um, And I, I like Barbie's messaging and I think it was very highly produced, but I was, I like, I couldn't be mad about either of them winning over another because I think they were both so highly produced.
2: Yeah. So I'm in the minority in this room in that I liked Barbie way more than I liked Oppenheimer. That's valid. Like Oppenheimer yeah, I saw is once in theaters and planned to never see again. Um, Barbie, I saw twice in theaters and can't wait to watch it from the comfort of my couch. So, um, it is on,
0: it's on Prime now. Is it? Yeah. Okay.
2: I'll have to check that out. But maybe, maybe Hulu. Okay. Yeah. One of, one of the streaming giants. Um, it's just wild that like, we're still, ha- that the Barbenheimer discourse still continues because truly it, it could not be more apples and oranges, right? Literally. Like there is no reason that these two films would be compared had they not been released on the same day. And so that, like, that is just wild that it still factors into, you know, how we think about awards and who's winning awards and things like that. Um, because otherwise, like, there's nothing similar about them at all.
1: I think it's also that there is an aspect of it that it was sort of Barbie versus Nolan. Right. Because, mm-hmm. it like, it was revealed later on that it was released specifically on that date to punish Nolan. Uh, because mm-hmm. he left he left the production company of Barbie. Like, he... Pr- I don't exactly remember which one, but that was the whole s- storyline into why they picked that certain day.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. I, I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah. I've never understood the discourse between the two movies, to be honest. Like, when people were, like, comparing them, I was like, well, this is, like, the wildest jump mm-hmm. to, like, compare the two themes. Um, but or anything. Like, production value, yeah. casting
2: demographic completely there's there they in a venn diagram they're the only overlap is the release date
0: (laughs) yeah but going into that i'm curious kind of jumping off of what ani was mentioning what does this mean for the upcoming oscars so the difference between the oscars and the seg after awards is that the oscars is voted by about nine thousand five hundred voting members which i think it was about 85% of them are not actors as opposed to the Actors' Union voting on the winners. Um, and I saw online, a lot of people are expecting Oppenheimer to sweep the Oscars. But Ani, you said that you think it's going to not sweep Best Motion, right?
1: I think they're going to give Director, because mm. they hate Scorsese. They're never going to give it to Scorsese. Uh, but other than that, I, I have this sneaking suspicion they're giving it to Barbie. Yeah. I genuinely do.
2: Why do they, this is probably very known lore, but it's not known to me. Why do they hate Scorsese?
1: Uh, generally, it's because his films are quite heavy on swearing, quite heavy on violence. And the,
2: yeah.
1: though the Oscars have had like an affinity for that, like Scorsese's won once. I think mm. he won for The Departed in 2006 and that's it. So like right. name every single good Scorsese film. There was a chance that it was not even nominated.
2: Because he did *Killers of the of the Flower Moon*.
0: Yes, which one? Um, which Lily Gladstone won Best Actress for? So Dissolved by the way. Yes, which everyone has been hyping up. Which a fun fact that I found out about that is, she was wearing Armani an Armani dress, which is like on the list of the top ten fashion brands that were being worn. Which is so irrelevant to me because like I don't know anything about (laughs) fashion, but I was like, wow, this is so interesting to me. But I, her acceptance speech, I thought, was really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. And,
1: uh, you know, their win is also, like, one of those, like, secret moments of, like, it's finally happened. Because, like, we went from the Oscar, like, uh, the protests of, like, uh, Native American women, like, going on stage to accept Oscars, to, pr- like, protest violence, to now a Native American person winning and, like, sweeping all the award shows. Which yeah. is so great.
2: Yeah. And do you think she'll she'll win at the
0: Oscars too?
1: Yeah, I think I think they've all re- I think they won it like the moment the performance dropped.
0: Yeah. I am so interested to hear your predictions because you said before this, Ani, that all of your like your whole list of predictions for the for the SAG Awards were true. So what does that look like for your Oscars predictions?
1: Pretty similar, honestly. Yeah. I've got Kleene Murphy mm-hmm. because that performance is incredible. I've got Lily Gladstone. 'cause again that performance that performance is incredible. I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is the best in the field. But I think he's he well is, liked Yeah, them. I think he is winning. Honestly, if I had to, I'd give it to Stolen K Stirling K. Brown. He was so good in American fiction. And then uh female actor, Davina Cha, yeah. Uh I didn't like the holdovers, which is a controversial take, but that performance is really good. So
0: Yeah. I'm excited to hear, maybe we'll have to do a follow-up episode with Ani's thoughts on the Oscars, mm-hmm. be like, this is what happened, and if it actually was with your predictions. Did you see all the films?
1: I've seen most of them. I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen Poor Things, which is the wild one.
0: Mm. Oh, that's actually getting shown in- Yeah. Like this weekend here. But uh,
1: I'm busy.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Ani said, mm, "Not for me." I've, uh, I've also
1: not seen. I've also not seen Maestro, although I've been oh. told it's by far the weakest one. In I field. also
0: that's the one with Bradley Cooper. Bradley yes. Cooper. And I, I liked that one. I heard he was really mad about losing yeah. some of his awards. And then uh, I wow, haven't seen. Surprise! It was like his life project. Yeah. he's been
2: preparing for it for what like nine years or wow. something like that. Um But the film was good. I thought that he was one of the weaker parts of the film, though. Mm. Like, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Like, fantastic performance and nearly completely overlooked because of, well, Bradley Cooper, like, became a Method actor and, of, like, because ah. he also wrote the film, right? Yeah. Like, yeah he, like, I think wrote, so. directed, and starred in it. Um, and so that's what all the, like, press is about. But she was fantastic.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah, it's uh... It's apparently the weakest one. That's why I just like I'm I'm struggling to get to it. Mm-hmm. And then I also haven't seen Nyad or Nyad. 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 Yeah, that's I seen it. That oh my god! I've been trying to find the pronunciation <laughs> back for so long. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen that one because that's only been nominated for the female actor. Though I want to see it.
2: Oh, yeah. And I think both um Jodie Foster and Annette Benning were up for that one. Yeah, I haven't seen that
0: one either. Um yeah I haven't seen the bear but I thought that um Ayo 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 Ayo, Ayo, yeah I thought her speech was really beautiful and like every time I see a clip of her I'm like wait maybe I should watch the bear she's
2: hilarious yes I wouldn't say she's hilarious in the bear just because that's not what the role demands of her but the the show is fantastic and season one was good but season two is great and there's one episode in the middle that is extremely intense but it is like a feat of strength for television production it is so good so i you know is is it getting overhyped maybe maybe but it's not like the cast asks for it to get overhyped yeah what it is very deserving of the awards that it's getting i do wish that um Oh, what is the jeremy allen white no um the the other um lead male actor who keeps getting nominated alongside oh, of him oh. from the same show it's like Eben Moss oh. Bacharach or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. he's really fantastic in the show but really shines in season two mm. and of course that's also getting overshadowed by Jeremy Allen White who I think deserves every award that's coming to him um, but I hope that doesn't make the show kind of like burn out real yeah. fast I you was, know
0: I was gonna bring up Jeremy Allen White's hype because I feel like it's similar to Pedro Pascal, who, like, they didn't ask for this hype. Right. People just, like, emotionally clung on to them and were like, these are my men. and
1: (laughs) They're my men.
2: (laughs) And both have been doing this for a long time. I mean, Jeremy Allen White was in, like, 11 seasons of Shameless or however long that show was on um, and was great in that. But this character seems like it's in the same lane (laughs) as this character in Shameless. And so... I do I wonder what he's gonna do after this if he's gonna try to break out of that sort of like oh. one kind of track. I mean I yeah. he was in the
1: iron claw which was
2: okay as oh, a, he was? so
1: as oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. But I came into the iron claw as a wrestling fan so I knew the story going in um. so it was quite fun uh side note I also wanted to say uh one of my friends has like one of my friends uh, dad works in like the culinary industry, and he's been like working with his dad ever since he was ten. He says his life with his dad is exactly like the bear.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else happened. Well, so we haven't talked at all about Babs, Barbara Streisand, winning the Lifetime <gasps> Achievement yes. Award, and um, the it ca- Was it the cast of Breaking Bad that? Um,
1: Apparently, the presenters were Jennifer Aniston and Bradley Cooper.
2: Yeah, for Barbra Streisand. Yeah, which I thought was odd. Um, what like what, what is their connection to Barbra Streisand? Yeah, are so have... y- like surely young. you get like
1: a better like a musical like because Barbra Streisand like the yeah. one I think of Barbra Streisand the iconic musical voice. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: Barbra Streisand is like, um, funny girl and oh, yeah. yeah so. You know she's eighty-one years old. She's been in this industry. She's been. She said that she's been a member of SAG-AFTRA um, for sixty years, and they did a great like retrospective of her career. And then yeah, Jennifer Aniston and Bradley Cooper.
0: So it looks like Bradley Cooper was one of the presenters because he remade A Star Is Born in twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, which oh, and Streisand starred right. in the nineteen seventy six version. I think Jennifer was only there um as like the original presenter and then she brought out bradley cooper as like a guest a surprise guest presenter
2: could be i just i I almost would have rather seen somebody from like barbara streisand's heyday era Mm -hmm. like present it um But I I think they both did a great job. I just, I didn't immediately make those connections. Um, Her speech was great, if not very long, which it couldn't have been that long if it was on a network station. Um, I don't know why they kept cutting to Anne Hathaway, who was, like, very theatrically, like, trying to keep herself together, like, keep her emotions in check. I was just like, what are we doing here? (laughs) Did you notice that, too? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. Um, but I thought she was well deserving of, of the award and she's an egot, so yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Um but yeah.
1: I mean an iconic voice. That's yeah. what I think of in Bob Sheistan. Just yeah. 'cause Because like, I I've not seen Funny Girl, but yeah. like what I I know everything. Yeah.
0: Just, <laughs> he knows Funny Girl though. <laughs> yeah.
1: Side note never watched the um, Indian remake of uh Stars Born.
0: Not it's good. Not good?
1: One of the worst things I've watched.
0: Have you watched Bradley Cooper's version of it? it's not great yeah <laughs> it's
1: not great i
2: haven't seen any version i've of it. heard
0: some discourse over for some reason a star is born is like resurfacing um mm-hmm. and it's only because they keep talking about who bradley cooper wanted in lady gaga's role that she was in like something about like who he had been asking for originally or like i was like
2: okay it was somebody i remember reading something about that it was someone very different than lady gaga who was it
1: I have no idea, but like if that should not be a publicized thing. Like yeah. people look for different actors all the time. Right. Like, it's like Shrek was written for Chris Farley. It's yeah. like I don't know. Why, why was Shrek the first example I <laughs> thought? Of? Why was that the first example? I don't know. There
0: are plenty of examples, but that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, so Wikipedia is telling me that Beyonce was supposed to be the female role in a Star Is Born. But okay. then it was dropped because she became pregnant. Oh, okay. I don't know how true that is, though.
1: Yeah, that's funny. If I can't imagine that film with Beyonce. She was she's so above that film. <laughs>
0: <laughs> true. I mean, two very powerful vocalists, though, in the yeah. vocal realm with Lady Gaga and Beyonce. I feel they're both pretty power ho- powerhouses with their vocals.
1: The best thing about that film is like the ten seconds in shallow, where it's just Lady Gaga just like unverbally screaming on the mic. That that's that the is best true. part. Of I the know exactly
0: movie. what talk. You're, <laughs> what part you're talking about? Great part. But yeah, that's all we have for this episode of Pop Culture Coffee Break. You can possibly expect a regrouping for the Oscars awards that are coming up. Yeah. But until then, we will see you next time. Looking for more from WSUM? If you're craving some cutting-edge music, our online stream, WSUM Free Flow, is the place to go. This internet-based platform delivers the best in hyperpop, rap, punk, hip-hop, and metal 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and is home to some of our most spontaneous programming. That's WSUM Free Flow, available via WSUM.org.